Hi, everybody. This is Rich. Before we let you get into the show with Brandon Scott, Mr. Excellence himself, we wanted to let you know that there were some technical difficulties during the recording of this, and as a result, there was some latency in the communication between us and Brandon. We've done our best to fix this, uh, but there are some spots where it's a bit choppy, a bit echoey maybe, and some just stories getting garbled a little bit. We've done our best to fix it, and hope you enjoy. Thank you. Welcome to another episode of All the WrestleManias podcast. I'm your co-host, Tim Hackman. And I'm your co-host, Rich Sigwald. We're excited to be back in the studio with you. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Uh, we're going to drop this one a little bit early because we're just we're so excited to get it out there uh, because we've got a really special guest on today. Um, it's my pleasure to introduce Mr. Excellence himself, Brandon Scott. Hey, Brandon. Hey, guys. How's it going? Happy to be here. Happy to answer any of your questions that you may have about me or professional wrestling. <laughs> and just how how it is being uh, Mr. Excellence, you know, it's, I'm sure it's a burden for you. I mean, only one person can do it, and it's me, so. <laughs> <laughs> Especially to pull it off without the E. So. I know, you, you, yeah, you, the E is like everybody can do that, but just with the X, it's just me. It's, yeah, it's next level. Take it. You take it to eleven. So, well, thank you for being on the show. We really appreciate it. We're we're excited to uh, to talk to you. Um, I first saw you uh, last year, or well, uh, I, so I'll just I'll just start it this way. I, I thought I first saw you um, last year when I first got here to Norfolk, and I saw you at the Liberty Lottery show uh, over at the Masonic Temple on Granby uh, with Virginia Championship Wrestling, and I think you were wrestling maybe. Um, was that Phil Brown? No, that was the most recent one I saw you. No, 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 no. It was uh, actually it was Alex Devine. That's right, Alex uh, Devine. Yeah, pretty new, pretty pretty new kid. He's a MCW graduate, and uh, yeah, that that was at the lottery last year. So um, Alex Devine, uh, great kid. I think he's going to do great things in this business. Uh, he has definitely a lot of potential. But yeah. uh, you definitely, uh, if that's the first match you saw me at. You definitely got a, a great taste. Well, so then I realized that I think we had actually seen you before because we went to an MCW show. Now, Rich, maybe help me out on the year. It was in up in Joppa. It was at the flea market. Um, do you know where I'm talking about? Yeah, the Meyer Arena that's uh, in Joppa. That um, that was yep. right. That was like right before the pandemic. I thought like the summer of 2019, maybe something like that. And I think you were there. Um, it, so- the, it sounds right. Yeah, the Briscoes <laughs> were there uh, just signing autographs. They did a run-in at the end. That so. was a fun show. Yeah. Definitely the best Definitely the best show I've attended in an Amish flea market. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, man, that place that, that place is great for wrestling. Uh, it's It's been there, you know, since I think they started running there in 2013. And I actually made my debut at MCW in 2014. And through through the years of being at the the MCW Arena, which which is now called the R.J. Meyer Arena, uh, they've ever, 
updated it. You know, everything looks really, really good. Uh, it's just a great place to have wrestling, you know. Yeah, that crowd was hot. That was they were super into it. They uh they were they were definitely there to to uh I don't know, to make some noise. So Yeah, Baltimore crowds always bring it. So <laughs> Oh there's uh the Joppa crowd is uh definitely one of those crowds that you have to impress for them to actually make noise. Yeah. You can't just go out there and hit a shoulder tackle or arm drag for them to give that big pop for you. So um before we get too far into this, I want to talk to you about obviously some of your your history and some of the cool things you've done. But we want to just make sure we we plug your, the next VCW show is coming up at June third at Old Dominion University's Good Theater. It's on Monarch Way in Norfolk. You can get the tickets at vcwprowrestling.com. dot uh, com. There's actually running two shows that day. There's a two p.m. and a seven p.m. It's a fantastic little theater. It's really cool. It's going to be a lot of fun. And you are on the card facing the boar. And you're the number one contender for the VCW Heavyweight championships that right i am man it's uh, it's been a long time since i've held that vcw championship and i'm excited uh for uh, june 3rd i defeat the boar because uh you know vcw is my home and uh you know he's been uh keeping that championship nice and warm for me when it uh comes back to the real <laughs> champion which is me so uh but i'm excited to you know be at old dominion that place looks great it looks like another good venue for wrestling uh just like the the masonic temple so like i've seen pictures of it i just can't wait to see it in person and two shows 2 p.m 7 7 30 or is it seven o'clock bell time is it seven o'clock bell time i think it's seven o'clock last i checked but is it seven o'clock i I know it's usually around seven seven thirty uh yeah me too me too because like usually i'm the seven thirty bell time but i think they've been maybe changing it the past couple months to seven p.m uh, but two shows, and you got referee, WWF referee, WWE referee, sorry, Mike Kyoto, which has refed some of the biggest matches in wrestling today. So I'm excited to have Mike a part of ECW too. So yeah, we just uh, released our episode on WrestleMania 27, and he's the referee of the main event of of that uh, WrestleMania. So he's been in the biggest stage of the biggest stages. So. Uh, that should be super exciting to to see him uh, in local action here. Yeah, I'm excited to meet him and ask him some dumb questions. He's actually, he's a real, I've went up to, you know, WWE to do my thing there. Uh, he's always been very, very helpful, very nice. Uh, like, he's just a good guy. Like, I, I actually talk to him a lot of the times, and, you know, I helped, uh, you know, get him into VCW. So uh, I'm excited to see, you know, the matches because he's willing to help out and do whatever it is uh he can help out with the vcw coming up so i'm excited you know hopefully the boys can learn a lot from him you know the boys and girls there can learn so much from mike so yeah that'll be awesome um and speaking i'm just a plug one more thing and i'm gonna let rich ask a question i swear um the other thing that we have going on that same weekend is uh june 2nd that's now that's the friday uh this also starts at 7 p.m at the university theater at odu now this is on the um it's just the opposite side of the street from the good theater so it's like two three amazing wrestling um events all in one weekend we've got a um a special panel discussion presentation going we, we called it behind the wait what do we call it beyond the mat behind the curtain um a pro ran a pro wrestling panel and discussion uh mr excellence is going to be on the panel with us uh the director of operations jerry stefanitsis from vcw you know him as the as the 
director, uh, jerk face in a red jacket of his, um, <laughs> and uh, Jonathan Elliott, who does some of the talent coordinating and booking for VCW, is going to be on the panel. And then we've got two um, professors from ODU. We've got a guy named Mark Willette, who's a professor in English. He's written about uh, gender studies and pro wrestling, so that's pretty cool. And then the other guy is Dr. Miles McNutt. He's a media professor he's done his big thing is game of thrones actually he's sort of a nationally known uh, expert and they call him for quotes on game of thrones but he does like all kinds of media stuff so between the five of those folks and then i'll be there uh, narrating and moderating as the dean of libraries for odu um that, that should be a lot of fun so have you ever been on an academic panel before i have never been on one so i'm i'm excited about that i'm excited to be in front of you know People that, you know, love wrestling and people that may not know a lot about wrestling and we can just talk about it because, like, honestly, I can talk about wrestling for days. I can talk about it every day. I can talk about it when I wake up. I can talk about it at lunchtime. I can talk about it at dinner time. I can talk about it when I go to sleep. I think my wife gets tired of me talking about it, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I think we're Tim and I are in the same <laughs> boat with that, too. Uh, yeah, I, I was telling my coworker today that I was leaving to come home early to do this. And she was like, well, that's, that stuff's like fake, right? And I was like, mm-hmm. yes, it's predetermined <laughs> no, it's most of the time, but, but it's not fake. It's theater. Let's. Yeah. I feel like that's the worst word that you could use. Like people that like the most disrespectful thing that, uh, you could even say to, you know, one of us that don't understand what we do for a living or what we not ring, like, to just say that it's the, yeah. the F word is, <laughs> as a performer, like, really, like, they just don't understand. You can't fake a body slam when you're out there in the ring. Like, well, you think just because you pick someone up and you slam and you think it's a trampoline that we bounce and it doesn't hurt, that's not the case. E- everything that we do in that ring hurts. Um... You did say the good word. Predetermined would be the perfect word for professional wrestling. Um, it's just like a movie. Like, you go watch a movie, right? Do you call that fake? You don't sit there and be like, oh, that's fake right there. No, you don't do that. It's just stupid. That is the perfect yeah. answer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, as opposed to Batman and Spider-Man, which are totally real. Right, so, right. You don't you don't call those yeah, fake. fake. We've talked about that quite a bit. We've talked about that with various various guests. It's like... Yeah, Shakespeare's fake, for that matter. Yeah, I mean, you can say what you want about it, but, like, just to say that to, like, you know, a wrestler personally that does it every day for their life, or that's what they do for a living, it's just, it's it's a smack in the face to what we do, so. All right, so let, let's get to a question here. Uh, so we're going to start real simple here. Uh, so where did you grow up, and what was your first exposure to wrestling here? Um, So I'm actually in Virginia. Uh, I grew up in Harrisonburg, and I'm actually still here to this day. Um, but first experience that I remember uh, was with my dad. Uh, he actually took me to Harrisonburg High, which is the place that I graduated from. And uh, WCW would actually come through uh, a few times a year back in the early 90s. And uh, my first experience, you know... Was watching it on TV, but to actually go watch WCW at a live event was insane. Like, I can only remember so much, but I, I do remember, you know, the names like, you know, Sting were there, Ric Flair, the Road Warriors, Vader, Harley Race, and like, these guys would come in to, 
to a high school that you wouldn't even think, you know, that they would be doing actual events here. Um, and uh, that's kind of where I, I just fell in love, you know, watching it there and then watching it on TV every every Monday night with uh, with my dad. And this is like, it's just something, you know, I always wanted to having those, you know, the wrestling buddies, like the Ultimate Warriors and the Hulk Hogan, I'd be... I'd be going crazy with those things, jumping off of everything, doing flying elbows, getting busted open, having stitches. Like honestly, as a kid, I think I had stitches at least ten times from jumping off of various things and busting my head open. I probably had more concussions then than that I do now. At, at... <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, honestly like that's the complete story, like how I fell in love with wrestling. I think I, I think I was four. Yeah. Four when I went to my first one that I remember. Yeah, we talked to a lot of people who get you know introduced by their families, right? It's their their dad was really into it, or their grandmother was really into it, or it was like the only time when their mom would sit down and watch TV with them during the week, or whatever it is. You know, there's something about it that it's it's definitely a generationally transmitted kind of thing, you know, and then and that it sticks with you a long time. I think for that reason, because it's not just the the spectacle of the entertainment, but it's also that kind of that connection to uh, you know to something else. So I think that's that's really cool. Yeah, man, it it is because like my dad's dad, he was really into wrestling, and that's what got my dad and his brothers, and it just became a whole like family thing. So and not everybody liked it, but like they were just so into it and. Back then, it was just so much more like, believable because you didn't have the internet. You didn't have everybody talking about what is happening, beating the hell out of each other. And, like, we still try to do that. But, you know, it's hard when you have the internet involved and you have so many people that know, you know, you didn't have, like, the dirt sheets and everything that uh people could find out every answer. So, back then, it was more like, man, these guys are really what wrestling is now, you know. So, but... uh it's just, we we still try to make it look you know as real as we can make it look like a fight yeah um one of the questions that i have for the the panel in a couple of weeks actually has to do with with kayfabe and you know and and kayfabe being generally kind of dead because of the internet um and just because people in the business like just talk about stuff in ways that you know the old guys never would have like if you uh, had said some of the stuff that like the talent um you know, says today about, you know, how you worked something out or whatever, like Harley Race would have like pulled your head off and like stuffed it in his glove box, really. <laughs> so like just, it's just a, um, a a cultural shift, you know. So anyway, I don't want to, um, I don't want to spoil that question before we get to it, but just, I've been thinking about this a lot, actually. So we'll talk about it at the panel. We won't give that away yet. Yeah. So, and then uh, where and where did you train and with whom? So, uh, story is, I uh, went to a bunch of independent shows as growing up, and like when I became a teenager, I started looking up, you know, more independent promotions, and uh, I was using, you know, online just to Google like different like close independent promotions that were going to be around, and I would like find these shows, and I'd be like, hey, Dad, we have to go to these, and then I would print out the map quests directions and then i would print out the reverse map quest directions because you didn't have gps then <laughs> um that saw with everything but um but yeah uh there there was a school in maryland in hagerstown called the superior pro wrestling training center 
And uh, the guy that ran that was John Rambo. He looked exactly like the Rambo character, except he was like a foot taller. Uh, no, but I, I started going to his shows because he would run various independent shows in the West Virginia area, the Maryland area, the Pennsylvania area, and they were on a consistent basis. Like it was almost like you were you were seeing wrestling every week uh, from him, and there would be various guys that would come and. When I became 16, uh, they were actually doing a contest uh, for to be a special guest manager, special guest referee, and it was like one of those drawings where you put you buy the ticket, they draw your ticket out, and you become a special guest referee for one of the matches or for or a manager. And they actually drew my ticket out, and I won to be a special guest referee for one of the matches. And at that time, uh, you know, I was still believing everything. I didn't know how everything worked. Uh, so they had me uh, do this, referee this match. They didn't tell me anything that was going on. They didn't even let me go to the back or anything. They just had me, like, get in the ring and, like, do this match be- between these two guys. And uh, I did, I, that's just when, like, I was like, man, this is what I want to do. Like I, I knew this is what I wanted to do, but I didn't know how to do it. But after that, after that time, I was like, "Man, this is what I want to do." They have a school in Hagerstown, and from there, I, I signed up. Well, my dad, uh, you know, signed me up. I signed the papers, and he did the consent because I was underage, of course. And uh, that's how the story went. So from wow. at sixteen, I signed up to be a referee, and uh, at that time, I wanted to wrestle, but being as small as I was, I was maybe 115 pounds soaking wet. I wasn't one of, like, I definitely, I looked like a, a child. So, yeah, that, that's pretty much. So, like, at the time, I was like, I'm just going to stick to refing. I don't want to wrestle. These guys are much bigger than me. Uh, much the story of how I got my start. And, uh, you know, I don't want to, you know, in two years, I think it was like two years later, you you still got to be able to take bumps and, you know, because you never know what's going to happen in the match. Um, so I was learning how to, you know, do the, do the, I started to actually get into wrestling. Uh, at the time, like when I was refereeing, like, cause you, you know, when you're, when you ref the bumps, run the ropes, you know, you, the, the normal things that, you know, a ref would do. Uh, and then, uh, I think two years in, I was 18, and I got to have my first match, and it was kind of out, and so John had the bright idea, it was like, hey, Brandon, do you want to wrestle tonight? He's like, we need you uh, to wrestle a Ferrari, and I was like, oh, okay, uh, yeah, I'll do it, and just threw at me, like, I, I had no idea when it was happening, but uh, it ended up being on, uh, it was one of their three-day weekend shows and it was on a Sunday and they had one of the female wrestlers call it you know I jumped right at it he's like but we need you to wear a mask and we're gonna call you the amazing Pat (laughs) I don't know if you remember that movie or not uh where you didn't know if they were actually a female or a male so (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) that was my first actual wrestling match so that's the history right there man and that's where like 
after I had that first wrestling that's, match, I was hooked, man. That's an odd gimmick. <laughs> it it definitely definitely was. Definitely. Uh but it got my foot in the door to actually, you know, being to wrestle and do what I actually wanted to do. So That's awesome. So I've actually been to a John Rambo show up in Hagerstown. So I um my first job after college I worked uh Right on, um, oh, what was it called? Like the, the, there's the two main streets downtown. Um, one goes, one goes east, one goes west. Anyway, so I worked on the one dual highway. Yeah, right off a of dual highway as you get into town. Our office was like wow. two or three blocks up from, okay. from the wrestling school, from John Rambo's wrestling school. Uh, and I was working with the uh, middle school kids at the time and they announced a show at the Hagerstown High School. Um, and, uh, Georgie Animal Steel was there, King Kong Bundy, and I think it was one of the, the rock, no, it wasn't the rockers, it was one of, um, uh, shoot, it was one of the Freebirds, I think, maybe, possibly, I don't know. Anyway, I do remember King Kong Bundy, and I, I actually have, um, my, uh, Georgie Animal Steel, um, autograph, but the, um, and so John Rambo was there, of course, and, uh, yeah, he totally looks like, he looks a little like like a cross between Rambo and um, David Koresh a little bit. Um, <laughs> he's got like the glasses and like the curly hair and stuff. So, um, but one of the one of the middle school kids that we were working with, a sixth grader named Freddie, he was absolutely convinced that John Rambo was like the Rambo from the movies. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to explain to him that that was that was that was a movie and that this was something else, and he he wouldn't have it. I actually have a picture. I actually have a picture somewhere of um, John Rambo signing his kid's arm with a sharpie because he didn't have any like pictures or anything for him to sign. And the kid, in, the the picture, the the look on his face in that picture is priceless. He looks like he just won the lottery, like having John Rambo sign his arm with a sharpie. It's it's freaking hilarious. I'll just I'll just see if I can dig it out and send it to you. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Um, you definitely uh, if you look up his pictures from back in the day, like he definitely resembles straight Sylvester Stallone from the movie Rambo. Like, it's crazy. Look up John Rambo, wrestler, and, like, look up his old promo pictures. It's insane. Insane, man. You know, so you worked with, you've worked with a lot of sort of big names over the years. Um, we just kind of did some some digging on uh, on YouTube, and here, this is just a partial list. Jack Swagger, Bo Dallas, Billy Gunn, Gangrel, Braun Strowman, uh, Brian Hebner, Nikolai Volkov, Mustafa Ali, EC3, J.J. Dillon, Jonathan Gresham, Sanjay Dutt, Carlito, Tommy Dreamer, Samu, Matt Hardy, Jake the Snake, and and obviously tons and tons more. Um, I just, you know, we're we're always uh, curious, you know, what it's like to work with some of those guys that have been uh, around the business for so long. And do you have a uh, a particular one that stands out for you? Um, it's crazy. Like when you, when you think about the the list of names you just gave when i was 18 years old i 19 sorry 19 19 years old i got a chance to wrestle jimmy snooker and that was that was actually for rambo up in hagerstown maryland and uh that was a cool experience because who thinks a 19 year old kid that weighs 115 pounds is wrestling jimmy superfly snooker so um, you know, over the years I've been, you know, that's crazy. Blessed to to get it, to get in the ring with guys, you know, of that stature. The the guys that you know I've looked up to. Um, just this past weekend, I got a bucket list match at at, at MCW. I got to get be in the ring with Jay Lethal, 
And uh, Jay is one of those guys that, like, has been on, you know, my radar to, you know, have a match with. And even though it was a tag match, like, it was really cool to wrestle one of the best, you know, the best wrestlers in this business, in this industry. Jay, I I hold Jay uh, Lethal just so high up there on that list. And uh, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, one day uh, I'll be able to, you know, have hard to explain that, uh, you know, you, you just, I'm just very thankful, you know, for the 18 years that I've been in here that I've gotten to uh, be in the ring with guys like that. And uh, so, but j- the list is just insane. Like, when everybody asks me what's your favorite, it's just hard to pick one. Uh, but uh, I would say, you know, I have just a singles match with him. But uh, it's just cool, man. Like... In the next segment, Brandon discusses working with the former WWE superstar Carlito. Being in the ring with guys like that, it's just growing up as a teen, I I really, really, really liked Carlito. When uh, VCW told me I was going to have Carlito, and uh, I had all his merchandise, mm-hmm. I got like all his shirts and everything. So like when I had a match with him, like it just kind of blew my mind. Uh because I looked up to him so much and uh, thinking like, man, this, this is the guy like that like was my favorite as a teenager growing up in high school and stuff. So and just being in the ring with him is like, it's mind blowing. He's just he's a great dude, and I've actually got to be in the ring with him four times now, which is like it just blows my mind. Like, yeah. So to the follow up with that question, uh, actually came across your Monday Night Raw match with Bo Dallas. And a um interesting thing happened in that match to where uh the crowd, I mean Bo Dallas is working heel and Bo Dallas and the crowd starts <laughs> chanting, Let's go jobber. You know, so like we, we just we saw the miracle with Action Andretti recently on on uh AEW and like that seemed to but how how did something like that make you feel like one you had the crowd support but then they're using the term jobber on you i don't know it, how how like it feels like yay you but also like kind of like they couldn't remember your name even though they just said it 30 seconds ago over the loudspeaker kind of thing yeah man uh stuff like that doesn't bother me um I was just happy and, you know, honored to, you know, be on Monday Night Raw and actually have a match. And, uh, because a lot of the, a lot of times we're in this business, we don't even get that opportunity to even step foot in a WWE ring, let alone be on Monday Night Raw. So to have like a few minutes with Bo Dallas on Monday Night Raw in Baltimore, Maryland at that arena is just like, like, like I said, it blows my mind just thinking about it. Uh, but that's what we get into this business for is to have, you know, the opportunities like that. And uh, just blessed to be able to, you know, be there. And for the fans to be chanting something like that, it, it doesn't bother me. Uh, a lot of the times they don't even know what they're chanting and they just mm-hmm. kind of go along with it. So, I mean, if that's what they wanted to chant, uh, they have the right to chant it. Uh, but... I mean, it's whatever. I, I'm I'm in that ring. They're not, so they can chant whatever they want at me. I'm I'm living my dream. Right. Why they wish they were living theirs. <laughs> oh, that's a great answer. I like I like it. Well, you know, I feel like a Baltimore crowd too. Is uh, they uh, they they recognize that they they clearly recognize that you were, 
you know, like maybe a step above and and putting on a good show, you know. And I think part of, um, you know, what not to like blow smoke up your ass or anything, but part of what what you do so well, I think, is, you know, you make the make the other guy look good. Right. And that's that the ability to like to sell and to, to sell, tell a story with them. Um, that's not necessarily a common thing, you know, um, and anybody can go out there and get, you know, squashed by King Kong Bundy in nine seconds or whatever, but like to go out and have a, you know, competitive match and, and show something for yourself and then also give the, you know, the, the person that's trying to get over a chance to shine. Like that's, that's a, um, that's kind of a special talent, you know, it takes a lot of work. It does. It does take a lot of work, especially when there's like segments on Monday Night Raw that like, well, oh, well, Bo Dallas is just fighting this this nobody. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go buy another beer. I'm gonna go use the bathroom. But no, they stayed, and the crowd got really invested into that match. So, uh, well done on that, uh, for sure. Because it, it, it is a good. It's a good match. Um, so. And then you're also working, uh, with one of our favorites, uh, Mike Rotunda's son too, which is awesome. So, and boy, does he look like his son too. Sorry. <laughs> I don't want to get off on a tangent about Bo Dallas here, but, um, so, uh, so speaking of working with Raw and WWE, how was that? And what really got you that gig? Like, how do you get that call? Like, who, like, does uh, Vince McMahon just suddenly call up Bo, uh, uh, Brandon Scott and be like, Brandon, we need you to get down to the Baltimore Arena. You know, or like, is it, you know? <laughs> no, no, man. I, it, it, Vince is definitely not doing the calls, but we all wish like he was. But no, uh, no. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. But uh, no, but, yeah, you can imagine it like that. Yeah, Vince called me. He told me to come down to Monday Night Raw. <laughs> uh, no, no. Honestly, when uh, whenever they're in the area, normally they they send a they send it to us and like uh, they invite us, you know, to you know Raw or SmackDown, and uh, usually it's both. And uh, we respond back to the email saying we're you know we're available, and most of the time we don't know what we're going to be doing that day until you know later on. You know, because the show that that day is, you know, being written. So you never know what you're going to go into. You never know if you're going to get a match. You don't know if you're going to be doing security or, or whatever. We're, we're Anybody that gets that email is just happy to be there. Um, because a lot of people, like I told you before, in our business, they don't get to do that. And, uh, you know, I'm just one of the, yeah. uh, the, one of the lucky ones that, you know, gets contacted because... You know, over the years, I've done such a great job for them that, like, any time that they're in town, they're always, you know, they they hit me up and uh, they have me come down or wherever it's gonna be, I'll I'll be there, you know, because that's where I want to be. Yeah, so so it's not like they uh, contact like Jerry from VCW and be like, send over three of your best guys to put on security shirts or whatever. It, they they are contacting you directly. Yeah, uh, they actually contact you directly. And uh, mm. uh, the the funny story is, the first time I was there was uh, um, I, I'd never been there before, which I was kind of freaked out because I didn't know what to expect or what. What to do? You know, it's kind of like walking on eggshells. You you don't want to mess up. And uh, I remember Road Dog came up to me, and he just kind of like he 
he acted like he knew who I was, and from that like moment forward, it, like we became like really good friends, and uh, uh, we would like text back and forth on uh, Twitter. We would message back and forth on Twitter, and any time that they came, you know, because like. I didn't know how to get back in the second time because I was like, I don't know if they're going to contact me or you, or which should I hit them up or what should I do because I, I, I didn't know what to do. And from that point, like, I'd be like, I'd be talking to Road Dog and he would, uh, I would tell him, hey, I was like, I know these, uh, you're going to be back in Virginia here or you're going to be in Maryland or wherever it was. And he'd be like, let me just talk to my guy. And he's like, just let me know when you're available and I'll get you on. And like from there, like, it was just any time, you know, once I, you know, got that, once I was there a bunch, they kind of just started contacting me. But, like, to start out with, I had no idea what to do or how to get in. And it's it's almost like you have to know people pretty much to, you know, get a spot like that or just be known on the indies that you're good and they, they can trust you to be there. So. Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to break Bo Dallas's neck, you know. <laughs> Right. I mean, no, he he, and it was against uh, Kurt Hawkins. He was actually making his uh, debut back to WWE, and uh, I remember uh, I didn't think I was going to get anything the next night because I just you know was on Raw and I got beat up by Bo Dallas. So I was like, I'm not going to get anything the second night. And I remember Arn Anderson came up to me and he's like, Hey, kid. He's like, You did a good that that definitely. Talking about that match, like not not to change the subject, but the very next night, I actually had a, a match on SmackDown, but it was a dark match. And job last night, he's like, "You uh, you wanna you wanna work tonight and do a uh, you wanna have a match tonight against Kurt Hawkins, a dark match, and uh, we're gonna have you do a promo." And I was like, "Oh shoot!" I like I mean, me being from Philadelphia and uh, <laughs> talking how good of Philadelphia was. Like Philadelphia is my hometown and everything. But uh, it was cool, man. Cool experience. Uh, I got to. I think we were out there for eight minutes, and I actually got to you know show what I could do. Um, so that that was a blessing to you know have Arn as me. I was like yeah 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 yeah, and then I'm like oh man, I said yeah, I said yeah, and I, I'm like what kind of promo are they gonna have me do like. I got to talk in front of 15,000 people and try to remember this promo. But uh, the promo was pretty much based on my producer agent for the match. Because he, that's one of the guys I looked up to growing up. So, can't go wrong with Arn. Yeah, we, um, Richard actually, I'm going to jump to one of Richard's questions since you mentioned Arn Anderson. Um, is that, you know, there, there is sort of an old school kind of, you know, mid-Atlantic Jim Crockett vibe to uh, to your style a little bit, I think, you know, sort of um, sort of physical, you know, sort of, um, you know, a lot of a lot of a lot of good punching and stuff. And you're but you're you're fairly young to have watched that as a kid. So just kind of curious about how much of that stuff you've watched. And um, is this this is the stuff that like your dad introduced you to or have you picked it up along the way uh, by going going backwards through video and stuff? I, I wouldn't get to watch it unless I watched it on VHS. Uh, but my dad was a huge NWA fan and huge Ric Flair fan. That's his favorite of all time. So that's what we we would watch all the time would be, you know, NWA, WCW. So that's just how I became, you know, to, you know, live and learn that style, you know, because uh, I can't do all the flips and dips and dives. I can do a little bit. Of, I got a little bit of flash in me, but I, I like to keep it old school and, you know, do the the punching, kicking, stomping, 
doing a little bit of flash here and there, but uh, it, you know that's my style, man. I, I I'm a little technical too, so um, but yeah, like going back and watching videos has definitely definitely helped, like how how I introduce myself. Yeah, interesting. You mentioned the the flippy and stuff like that. So, like, uh, we mentioned your match with Alex Devine earlier, and uh, I also watched your match with a uh, Teaser X as well. Both similar styles, very, very seemingly lucha libre uh, uh, influenced styles, and uh, you had zero problem keeping up with them, even though you have a more of a Ric Flair style to you. Um, how how do you prepare to do something like that? Um, how do you work that out? Uh, it can be tough. It can be challenging at the time because, like you, you have to you have to really be confident in yourself uh, to be able to you know keep up with guys like that and make sure you know they're safe, you're safe. Um, but I feel like anybody you put me in the ring with, I I, I can give a hundred percent and. I can do whatever they need me to do. Um, so guys like, you know, I have actually Action Andretti. I was his first match. Leo Rush, those guys, I was pretty mm-hmm. much their first match. Um, but, uh, Andretti was the most recent. I had his like first two matches at MCW. And, uh, you know, we just, we work, yep. we work with each other and, you know, it, whatever, I'm not limited at what I can do, but like, you know, when you're in the ring with someone, what they can do and what they can't do, and so you just have to work to that style. You guys are being, you know, safe with each other, so it's nobody's getting hurt. But I feel like if you put me in the ring with anybody, like I said, I I feel like I can go with them. I just can't, you know, do every flip and dive. I, I do a little bit, like. You can see in some of my matches that I do some flips and I do some dives, but I, I can't do that crazy stuff. Like, I wish I could, but I'm glad I can't. Then I would have to do it all the time. <laughs> it's a it's a career shortener for sure. Uh, so, um, yeah, so speaking of working with people with different styles, so we mentioned your next um, VCW event's coming up June 3rd at the Good Theater at ODU. Um, you're the number one contender for the Heavyweight Championship. You're going to be in there with the Boar, who's a who's a pretty big guy he goes what six six three six four probably probably uh he's probably in the mid 200s uh or so kind of a a big guy so how how's that gonna go how are you gonna approach uh a big guy like that to come away with that title what do you think hey man not not that you're gonna give away (laughs) any of your uh your attack plans or anything but i do what i do all the time man uh everybody that i get in the ring with is usually bigger than me so it doesn't bother me and, uh, I just, you know, I go out there and I do my thing. Uh, the boar, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's a big dude, but he's not the biggest dude I've been in there with before. So I, I feel like, you know, I, I can take him down. Um, gonna just have to chop him down to my size. And, you know, I know my quickness will exceed, uh, the boar. I, I don't think he can keep up with me, to be honest. Uh, you, you see, like, you saw the last match we had. He couldn't keep up with me. He just caught me. He caught me sleeping. That's how he beat me the last time. But this time, uh, June second is going to be a different story. Boar is going to go down. You know, they, they, his name's Boar for a reason. It's boring. You get it? Boring. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He's he's an okay oh, guy. I get it. Yeah. Mm, no, he's he's an okay fired. guy. But he he's not he's not Brandon Scott <laughs> as a champion. He, he 
I think uh, VCW needs a new champion. They need their champion back, like me. Well, maybe you can distract him with some truffles or something. You know, whatever, whatever boars are into. Mm-hmm. Maybe some rotten fruit or something. Just toss it out there on the ground. You, and then you can sneak up on him. So you were the you're the second longest reigning VCW champion. Yep, that is correct. Uh, I am the second longest reigning champion, but uh, it should be longest reigning champion. Billy Gunn cheated to win the title, um, so that's why I don't like Billy Gunn to this day. Uh, he ruined my title run. But uh, no, um, second longest reigning champion. I know Daddy that ass. guy. He he doesn't age, does he? He looks just as good as he did back in nineteen ninety seven, ninety six, whatever Attitude Era. Man, it's crazy. That guy just gets better with age. It's crazy. And, and he's like people don't realize how big Billy Gunn is until you meet him in person. TV does not do him justice at all. No, yeah, he's he's massive. I mean, most a lot of the AEW guys are sort of on the smaller side, and every time that he gets in the ring with there, like this guy could eat all three of these guys for breakfast. You just break them in half. Like he's he's yeah. Anyway, I've I've really been enjoying his sort of renaissance um, in AEW. He's kind of like just. I don't know. It's I, the people were sort of uh, waiting for for something like that, you know. And it's he's he's silly, but he can work. He looks like a badass. He'll like turn your shit inside out. He's just he's uh, he's not to be messed with. So anyway, but I'm sorry that he uh, cut short your your reign. Um, hopefully, maybe in the next one you'll you'll, uh, you'll establish a new record as the longest reigning. Um, we just got to get past the bore on June 3rd. Um, VCW Pro Wrestling, if you want to get tickets, I think there's still tickets available. There are two shows that day. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, if you don't, if you, if you, if you, if you don't get your tickets now, it's going to sell out, man. All right. So uh, we got some, you know, just general wrestling questions here. So uh, bah, bah, bah. if you were stuck on a desert island and you had access to only one match to watch, what would it be? Hmm. Probably, uh, I'd put on repeat Macho Man and Ricky Steamboat. You can't go wrong. You can't go wrong mm. with that match. It's a good, solid choice. You, you, like that's like that's the match you cannot go wrong with. And I feel like if you ask anybody that's a true wrestling fan, they're gonna say that match automatically. Or any match with Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat, those are classics too. You can't you can't go wrong with a match with Flair and Steamboat. You know, it, it's it's funny. So like we we've actually have covered the Macho Man Steamboat, and we've done all three of the major Ric Flair Steamboat matches uh, for our podcast. And it's interesting that like the common denominator there is Ricky Steamboat, and yet. You don't hear him being discussed as much as you hear Ric Flair or Macho Man being discussed, and I think that's a travesty. Um, Agree. Uh, so then we got one other housekeeping question like that, and uh, just because you know our title is all the WrestleManias, uh, what is your favorite WrestleMania? Man, that's tough. Oh gosh. Um... <sighs> We bring the heat. I know. <laughs> no softball questions over here. Let me think. Let me think. That's a tough one. Probably WrestleMania 24 because of the Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels match. That match just... 
<sighs> that match, that match hurts, man. It hurts every time. Like, that, I think that's probably, that match made that, that whole WrestleMania. But it was just a good WrestleMania in general. That's a tearjerker. Oh, dude. Especially at the end when he's like, I'm sorry, I love you. Oh, gosh. It just brings these tears to your, that, that, when I think about WrestleMania, that's one of, that match sticks out to me probably the most at all of them. Have you seen the, the cuts of it with like the super dramatic music over it? Like, oh, gosh. I think somebody put the Titanic music over it. Um, it's incredible. Yeah. As, as if it wasn't dramatic enough already, you know, yeah. I mean, that's a really good one. That's a good one to show people and be like, look, if you think, if you think, you know, wrestling is just like, dumb shirtless guys punching each other like like watch this right like there's real there's real emotion there's real feeling there's real storytelling there um that you know is this is as good as uh i don't know it's a, it's better than some movies i watched last year that's for fucking sure so like uh, wrestling is emotion so that that's what we like that's what you base wrestling on is emotion like you can do all the moves you want but if there's no emotion there then it doesn't mean anything uh, if we can't make you feel something like, I want you to feel what I'm feeling. Like, whatever's on my face should be what you're feeling. And if, like, we can't get that to come across, then there's something that we're doing completely wrong. Because wrestling is just emotion. Another mania moment I'm thinking about is Hogan and the Rock, man. WrestleMania 18. That, that was a match, man. Uh, that that was probably the the way that they had the crowd too. I don't know if you remember or not. If you go back and watch that match, but the crowd was eating that up. Like like all they needed was a spoon, and like they would have been just fed all night. Yeah, I think we argue that that's basically Hulk Hogan's best match ever. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I I could agree that thinking about it, that that's probably his. Well, like the. Cr- Crowd wise, yes, I feel like maybe match wise too. There's just there's just so many memorable matches that Hogan had too. But and he made you love him. I think you you might be right thinking about it because Hogan didn't have very very good matches, but he definitely brought that emotion out of you. So yeah, he really did. I you know I'm um, I was uh, I came of age, and so my. I, my first exposure was uh, to wrestling was when Hulkamania was running wild, and so like that was that was the guy, right? That was the guy I looked for on TV every week, and uh, I would just flip my wig every time he came out. I would lose my mind because he was, you know, he was like a giant cartoon. Basically, he like he came in, he stood up for the little guy, he beat up the bad guy, uh, and um, and they, and then he just would cut a hell of a promo and just talking about all kinds of crazy stuff so um he's it's it was fun it's fun to see that different phase of him though with the rock there and that sort of re- moving into retirement and like the old uh you know the old warrior can't can't get there but he can he can still go out and give it one more shot yeah i was never a hogan guy uh i know a lot of people yeah. like growing up like hogan was their number one guy but i was a uh, like my two favorite like growing up were I, I was a warrior guy, Ultimate Warrior and Sting. You, you, those were the my two favorites by far. Like I was never like Hogan never like really did anything for me. Everything I had was either of Ultimate Warrior or Sting. So, well, you like the cool face paint? Yes, yes. I I love the colored face paint. I wish uh, 
Sometimes I wish Sting would bring that back. Yes, he absolutely should. Uh, so, I mean, we've, we've basically danced around it here, but I mean, I, I get the sense that though Ric Flair is the biggest influence on your wrestling style from the long delay to, for coming out on your entrance. Cause like your entrance music plays for a, a solid minute before you come <laughs> out of that curtain. And then, uh, you, you wipe your feet on the apron before coming through. You want the announcer to hold the ropes open for you. Uh, I mean, it's all, it's all gotta be out of Ric Flair's playbook, right? Hey, uh, a lot of it is out of his playbook, but I also like, I try to like, you know, mimic a little bit too of Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning. Mm. Uh, I do love that guy. Uh, I think he, he's one of the guys that he was so overlooked. And, uh, when he came back at the Royal Rumble and he made his return to WWE, like he looked so good. Like, like I felt like he could have had another title run if you know. Unfortunately, he you know he passed away shortly after that. But uh, that guy, he just had everything. He had the look. He had the promo skills. Like he he had the whole package that you look for in a wrestler. Just kind of like how Flair had it. Flair just you know was more fortunate to get to where he is. But uh, Mister Perfect just. It's just hard to to put into words how great he was and uh, how overlooked he he actually became. Yeah, you you can't deny uh, also his combination of being paired up with Bobby Heenan was the they even physically they paired off with each other perfectly with the towel toss every match, the gum hit. Yeah, uh, it's they were they were definitely incredible. Yeah, I mean, like, to be able to, you know, you know, spit your gum out and hit it perfect every time, that's, uh, I don't think I ever saw Mr. Perfect come out of his entrance, and when he hits his gum, he misses. Like, all those uh, vignettes that Mr. Perfect did, those were actually done, like, in, like, one take. He was, like, actually good at everything that he did. Like, every sport that he played... He was just good at it. He was, like, perfect. Like, that's why that's what his name was. And, like, the towel flipping, especially, like, when he would flip the towel and it would just land on Bobby Heenan's shoulder. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Like, this is live TV. You only get one take to to make it right. So, and he made and he made it right every time. So. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're huge Kurt, uh, Kurt Hennig marks over here. Um, one of my... You know, if I was making the five or ten best list, would uh, would be him and Brett from um, oh shoot, was that Survivor Series? SummerSlam, uh, SummerSlam, SummerSlam, yeah, from SummerSlam. Um, that's that's on my that's on my short list of uh, all time what matches that I, I will watch any number of times because that guy was incredible. So, well, Tim, you had a question here about his gear. Oh yeah, so I really like the. Um, I really like the X, you know, and you have sort of a an X Men style thing going on there, and just the um, the black it's a black cross on a red field, right? And uh, or I guess it kind of changes colors depending. Um, I was just curious about so first of all, where the the Mister Excellence, um, you know, that's a Mister maybe that's a Mister Perfect nod, uh, where the Mister Excellence persona came from, and then um, also, are you an X Men or Wolverine fan? And have you ever gotten any static from Marvel Entertainment on the use the use of that logo? Uh, no, actually, I've never. Uh, they've never. Marvel has never hit me up about the logo yet. Thank gosh, uh, because then I would have to completely change it. Uh, no, but my my gear, like 
uh, over the years, it's kind of like, you know, it's got even more away from, you know, the X-Men feel, but I, I still kind of keep that because, like, I, I feel like I am a Wolverine and X-Men fan, uh, but uh, it, I kind of mimic it after Mr. Perfect, uh, because uh, I was just such a huge fan of him, and uh, I I used to do uh, all the time. I used to do the perfect plex, but I would call it the the plexilence, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just because yes. I, I, because I, <laughs> that's fucking that's awesome. <laughs> no, no, yeah, man, I I need to bring that back into the ring. I I do it sometimes. I think even maybe some of the matches you've watched them, yeah. I might have hit it, but uh, yeah, I would call that the plexilence all the time, just as awesome. a you know a Kurt Henning reference, uh, because I just that's one of the guys you know I looked up to, because it's it's hard to come up with you know it's hard to come up with original stuff, it's hard to come up with you know a gimmick that you feel comfortable with, so it's just it's it finding out who you are. That's that's the hardest thing about wrestling is finding out who you want to be, who you are, who, who you know. Who is Brandon Scott? You know what I mean? It's just, it's it's a hard thing to, you know. Because a lot of go- people go out and they, they try these crazy gimmicks and characters and they just don't work. Or maybe they do work. Um, but if you look back at, like, usually the greatest, you know, some of the greats, like, you know, you look at Ric Flair, John Cena. They really didn't, like, they didn't have this over-the-top, you know, character, gimmick, or anything like that. Um, you just... You just got to find out who you are and what works for you. Well, that's a that's an awesome note to end on. I think um, who is Brandon Scott? So hopefully, if you listen to us uh, talk to Mister Excellence for the last uh, going on an hour here, you have a better idea of, of who he is and what he's all about. Hopefully, you'll come see him on June third at ODU um, for those VCW shows. It's VCWProWrestling.com for your tickets. Um, you'll see him face off against the Boar and get that VCW Heavyweight Championship back around his waist. Maybe I don't know. We and uh, we've talked to the boar too we like the boar we're not we're not picking sides but i you know i think i think you got a lot of momentum um i think you've definitely got the fire and the drive you've got the plexilence uh i think uh i think i think it could happen yeah, but he's dirty in the ring he's sneaky he gets around I- boo, <clears throat> boo. <laughs> <laughs> So if people want to um, find out more about you or um, or uh, follow you or uh, find out where you're going to be, is there a place where they can go and do that? Yeah, just uh, check me out on my social medias. I have pretty much all social medias. If you want to find me, I'm on uh, Twitter at It's Brandon Scott, Instagram at It's Brandon Scott, and Facebook. You can just look up Brandon Scott, Mr. Excellence, and you'll be able to find me there. Uh, I post, you know, consistently like a yeah. And also, if you want a t-shirt of Brandon Scott, you can visit ProWrestlingTees.com and look my name up. And uh, I actually have a new t-shirt on there. So if you guys want to get a t-shirt for the show coming up, <laughs> you can go there. Yeah. I saw it. It looked really I'm cool. I'm talking about was, you, too. Was... you too. You too. Yeah. No, I was thinking about it. Um, maybe I'll get my wife one. Um, or maybe I'll make her wear my boar shirt, and then I can get the Brandon Scott shirt. And then we can. You can have a dis- domestic dispute right in the front row. Yeah, yeah, we have a uh, um, a split uh, religious household, you know. All right, man. Well, we really appreciate you talking to us. Um, if you uh, you know follow, want to follow the show, we're at all the WrestleManias dot com on Twitter. We're at, at WrestleMania Pod, Facebook and Instagram, and all the rest. Uh, just look us up. All the WrestleManias we're easy enough to find. Uh, Brandon, thanks again, and we will see you next time, everybody. This has been a lot of fun. Uh-huh.